Welcome to Hebrews Faith, a podcast focusing on biblical views for being a Christian. My name is Eric Hansen, founder of Hebrews Ministries and youth pastor at Olive Branch Church in Rockford, Ohio. This week we are going to have a very exciting talk. I have been looking forward to recording this for a little while now. We will be discussing his salvation and what the Bible says about it. If you have not subscribed yet to Hebrews Faith, feel free as new episodes are released every Monday. Let's start this week's episode with a healthy prayer. Dear Father, thank you for this blessing, this opportunity for us to seek your guidance in being saved. To see what you ask of us so we can spend our eternal life with you. Let what we do be pleasing to you and further your kingdom here on earth. In Jesus' name, Amen. This week's episode does have a bit more scripture to it than the last couple of episodes. To me, salvation is one of those beliefs that a Christian needs to know. Salvation is what blesses us with being able to enter into heaven, which I said before is what our result as a Christian should be. I often look at Christian life as a house. Salvation is a foundation. It gives us the sturdiest house we could build. From there, we can start placing other layers like our views on abortion, gay marriage, or drinking. But without a strong foundation, without knowing what Christ expects out of us each and every single day, our house will be rocky and easy to be destroyed by the storms we'll face or people we invite over that don't respect our property. If you belong to a church, I'm sure they have their stance on salvation or justification and how it's gained. And if you don't belong to a church, finding this answer could be quite difficult if you don't pay careful attention. This is something I struggle with most of this year, if not longer, even though I thought I knew what I believed. If you are ever unsure of how strong your foundation is, you should first seek God and read the Bible. Looking at this from a biblical standpoint is interesting as well, because while most topics can be discussed using references from both Testaments, salvation as it stands now is guided in the New Testament. Before Christ came into this world, sacrifices would have to be made in seeking forgiveness. And if you are curious about the rules on this, the books of Exodus and Leviticus are great reads. This is effectively what salvation by works can look like. As there is no faith here, just, hey God, I screwed up, take this burning animal as my sinful repentance. Over the decades, however, God got sick of this. Even though I'm not saying who I did this was without faith, he grew tired of so many performing faithless acts. You have to imagine how much of these were done out of the fear of hell, not out of the fear of the Lord. Let's look at the book of Isaiah to see this playing out. In Isaiah chapter 1, verses 11 through 16 from the NLT, What makes you think I want all your sacrifices, says the Lord? I am sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened cattle. I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to worship me, who asked you to parade through my courts with all your ceremony? Stop bringing me all your meaningless gifts. The incense of your offerings disgusts me. As for your celebrations of the new moon and Sabbath and your special days for fasting, they are all sinful and false. I want no more of your pious meetings. I hate your new moon celebrations and your annual festivals. They are a burden to me and I cannot stand them. When you lift up your hands in prayer, I will not look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen, for your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. Wash yourselves and be clean. Get your sins out of my sight. Give up your evil ways. With this said, we look in today's world to the New Testament and Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Biblically, Christ was crucified to satisfy God's own sacrifice of mankind's sins. 
Seeing as how Jesus was both fully man and divine, there was no greater sacrifice than divinity itself that could be made for sin. As God was for all people, so was the sacrifice of our sins through Jesus Christ on Golgotha Hill. The more we think less of ourselves and more of others, the more this should impact you spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. This may not happen immediately for you, and that's fine. Gradually, though, it should start sinking in about the dust of love this proves God has for us all. Now, today we don't sacrifice animals, and we truly don't have to confess any of our sins to anyone but God. There's a very famous passage when it comes to this topic people like to reference, and that's Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8-9. through 9. God saved you by His grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this, it is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. While this is also great for a deep Bible study on this topic, here's the part we'll focus on. Grace is by faith and faith alone. What does this mean? The textbook definition is undeserved acceptance and love received from another. The more we have faith in God, the more we see His grace enter our lives. I want to also focus on the end of verse 9, not by works so no man shall boast. So then, if it's black and white, then the case should be closed, right? Well, the following verse after that, verse 10, also reads, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we could do the good things He planned for us a long time ago. This part confused me while I was going through my struggles. At first, when I was reading it, it sounded like work still played a part in salvation here. This was further enforced because I was watching a video on salvation by faith and works, trying to understand the theology behind it, and this verse was mentioned. Something inside of me, though, just didn't feel like it was the answer. If salvation is by both faith and works, then how can you fully give yourself to either cause? We only have a certain amount of time in a day, and doing good deeds takes us away from spending personal time with God, while the inverse is actually not true. You can spend every day at a soup kitchen, but if you're doing this, then when do you have time to pray or read the Bible? However, if you are reading the Bible, then the Spirit will help guide you to where God is using you to fulfill what needs He has through you. Here's why works is important, but is not in control of our salvation. Nowhere in the New Testament does Jesus say, Do good and you will go into heaven. We are called to do good, yes, to reflect Christ in a holy and righteous way. The good deeds God called on us to do is given to us by our faith in Him, not because He sees us doing good things. If you look at John 14:6, it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Our only entrance into heaven is through Christ, not through performing miracles. And to continue on with this thought, if you look at Romans 10, verse 9, it says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Both Paul and Jesus both demonstrate choice being our salvation, not by being good. We can do all the positive or good deeds we want, but if we don't confess Jesus is our Lord and Savior openly, then we will not be saved and we will not have salvation. Let's also dive into some more scripture here so you can see even more as to what I'm getting at. Galatians chapter 3, verses 23 to 30 says, Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. 
The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that the way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have been put on Christ, like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So then, what does salvation look like if we are no longer required to follow what we know as the Old Testament? The Son, Jesus, was and is our faith. He is our way to God in heaven. One of his disciples, Luke, wrote about the prayer Jesus made on the Mount of Olives. This was just before Judas betrayed Jesus and turned him over to the Romans. Luke chapter 22 verses 39 to 46 says, Then, accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, Pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently, and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. At last he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping? he asked them. Get up and pray, so that you will not give in to temptation. If salvation was by works, then Jesus, out of all people, would not have had to worry about seeking comfort from God. However, he did ask God for comfort, and he knew it was through faith in the Father that his will would be done before what Jesus wanted done. While we won't cover every scripture, there are two more passages I feel that deserve attention. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verses 9 through 16 says, After Jesus rose from the grave early on Sunday morning, the first person who saw him was Mary Magdalene, the woman from whom he had cast out seven demons. She went to the disciples, who were grieving and weeping, and told them what had happened. But when she had told them that Jesus was alive, and she had seen him, they didn't believe her. Afterward, he appeared in a different form to two of his followers who were walking from Jerusalem into the country. They rushed back to tell the others, but no one believed them. Still later, he appeared to the eleven disciples as they were eating together. He rebuked them for their stubborn unbelief because they refused to believe those who had seen him after he had been raised from the dead. And then he told them, Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Ultimately, I cannot tell you what to believe. This is for you to decide. What I can do, though, and aim for in every episode here, is to give you scriptural, biblical ways of viewing matters that either are going on in this world or within ourselves. But before we close in prayer today, I will offer you one more part of scripture, Romans chapter 1, verses 16 to 17. For I am not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from the start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. I really do hope you enjoyed this episode. If you are able to and would like, please pray with me as we close out this week's episode. 
Dear Heavenly Father, this message is difficult for us to handle at times. We may believe that just because we do good works in your honor, that you are satisfied. Please let those with the hearts that need to hear that we need to confess our love to you know this. Let those who are able to share this to save people around them hear this as well. Truly let each day be a blessing for us to spread your kingdom here on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for listening to Hebrews Faith, and if you haven't yet, feel free to subscribe. A new episode comes out every week, and our website, HebrewsMinistries.org, is always there for you to ask questions you may have. With that said, until next week, have a blessed season of growth.